This is the Inside Scoop with your hosts, Alex Sherman and Edmund Lee. Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. I'm Alex Sherman, joined as always by my colleague, Edmund Lee. Today joining us, Anthony Rose, the co-founder and CTO of the social television app ZBox. Uh, ZBox in the news a couple months ago after it announced a partnership with Comcast, NBC Universal. Uh, Anthony, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So first off, tell us, what is ZBox exactly? So ZBox is a second screen TV application. We all know that these days when people watch TV, you don't just plonk yourself in the couch and let it wash over you. You pretty much always, for a large and increasingly large part of the population, have a smartphone or tablet in your hand. And in many cases, you're checking your email. Everyone has partial uh, attention these days. But increasingly, people are doing things that are synchronized to the show that they're watching. That could be Facebook uh, chats. It could be tweeting. Um, but increasingly also, it's particip- what I call participation TV. And so I think social TV has got all the buzz. And uh, Twitter is, is leading the charge in that uh, area. But actually, people are doing a number of synchronized experiences around the show. Sometimes it's talking to others. But... Often it's, you know, voting, polling, and doing a, a set of things related to the show. And I think that's what's been happening in the space is that you can probably look at this uh, evolution of TV as, uh, as a few phases. Phase zero was TV broadcasters and program makers made shows, and they broadcast them completely oblivious to the audience sitting in a couch watching. There was no connection between the audience and the show or the audience and each other. Round one which is really where we are now, is that smart tech startups have made social platforms that let people talk to each other. You can tweet, you can Facebook chat, you can chat and join a Zbox TV room. But actually, it doesn't connect with the show at all. They're doing this all irrespective and oblivious to the show unfolding. So the next round... I'm sorry. sorry. Go for it. Well, if you could just give us an example, um, specifically say with the the deal with Comcast, NBC Universal that you guys uh, recently did uh, for for a regular uh, user for for, uh, for for someone in the audience, how does it work for them? What would they do? They download the ZBox app to their iPad, for example, and what are they? How can are they watching an NBC show and then talking to their friends about it? And how do they talk to their friends? What is, how does that work? Right. So ZBox offers a range of things. The first thing is program discovery. So, um, you know, again, we read about uh, second screen and social TV as if they're one and the same thing. But actually, second screening, having a phone in your hand, is doing a range of things. It's helping you find a show to watch, what's hot, what's trending. It's acting as a remote control for your Xfinity box or other set-top boxes. It's using audio content recognition to jump to and synchronize with a show on your TV. So there are actually quite a range of things. But having found a show, um, and you now, let's say, The Voice, and so you can do a few things in Zbox. Firstly, uh, you can join a TV room. That's a threaded discussion where you can say things in longer than 140 characters. You can reply to other people. You can also join the Twitter stream, and obviously there are tens of thousands of tweets over the course of the show. So Twitter is a fantastic river of comments, but they're not really connected with each other. Everyone's throwing their, you know, their two cents in, whereas uh, TV rooms and often Facebook conversations are, are slightly different. So they're actually different social paradigms. But apart from talking to each other, uh, NBC's editorial and content production team uh, use our tools 
to create a set of experiences that let the audience participate in the show. And that's really part of the next step where uh, the, uh, the broadcast is actually creating enhanced shows. So at the same time, the, the voice uh, judges may be looking to uh, vote, the audience could have their vote. Now, today, the audience has their vote, and it may or may not actually make it into the show. But going forward, those audience votes will increasingly actually appear on screen, and the judges will start looking for that, and we'll see television more from uh, people connected to each other, but the people on screen keep doing their thing as if the audience didn't exist, to the people on screen, uh, perhaps on a, a Newsnight program or a political program, or Mr. Obama's talking on Syria, and he, the audience, the worm, is fed back on screen. At what point will Mr. Obama uh, look at the audience feedback and, and modify the pitch based on that? And, of course, you can do that by tweeting with hashtags, but you can also do that with big, chunky graphics that say yes and no, and, and where the, need, the needle moves in time for everyone voting. So it seems like the proposition here is that the audience themselves becomes as much a part of the content as you know the traditional content, whether it's a TV show or, or news broadcast. And I think that's a fascinating observation. And actually, mileage will vary greatly between different genres. So if you're watching Downton Abbey, the audience being part of the show is probably a really bad idea. Um, however, when it's Big Brother, I see a future of... Big Brother, where um, it's wallpaper in the background. You have a giant TV, um, there are people sitting around, but actually the content, the terrible word to use, is, is as much the interaction that's happening between people themselves and the audience and the um, actors, if one might call them, in the show, as uh, the people in the show themselves. So yes, the, the uh, experience, some of the things you're viewing, that sort of high-definition drama, and the uh, perhaps lower resolution, but more timely connections between people and and uh, information. You can tell Anthony's joining us from the UK when he uses Big Brother as an example for a uh, TV show. Uh, right. <laughs> popular here as well. It's popular here as well. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I joke. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about how the partnership, and, and it's, it's not only a partnership, but an investment uh, with Comcast and NBC began. Who was it that you spoke to? How did they sort of become aware uh, of the product that this is the one that, you know, that, that Z-Box was the thing that uh, they were interested in using? Um, so Z-Box has been quite a rocket ship, and it's been brilliant. We started the idea, uh, my partner Ernesto Schmidt and, and myself, back in sort of January, February 2011. Uh, we raised uh, a reasonable amount of money in uh, March, and we launched in uh, November 2011 in the UK. And almost immediately, uh, Sky invested in, and purchased a 10% stake in the company, and we launched in the UK. Um, and what was interesting is, as a potentially disruptive startup, um, our technology platform, for example, can recognize it uses video fingerprinting, and it knows when there's an ad on any of the 150 um, most popular TV channels, allowing an advertiser to buy a synchronized second screen ad. So when there's a, a Coke ad on TV, we could sell an ad to Coke that's synchronized, or potentially to Pepsi. So. The, the space could turn out to be really disruptive or it could turn out to partner. And um, as we then look to uh, launch in the U.S., um, I think that uh, clearly broadcasters and cable companies are savvy 
they see the opportunities that arise and they see what happens if you do nothing. And I think that um, all the stories that I was talking at TV of tomorrow um, in uh, New York in December uh, 2011, uh, uh, some people from NBC and, in fact, Lisa Sharp from Bravo saw me talk when the Seabox thing looks seriously cool. We need to go and look at it. And I think then Comcast looked at the range of second screen companies that were available, concluded that the, uh, the best of all of them were a plucky UK startup, Seabox, and thought to invest in it. So, um, I, you know, whenever people talk about cable cutting and, and, and cable companies, you know, not getting it, I uh, always have a wry smile because the cable companies are, in fact, very savvy and look at the trends and look to invest in obviously uh, spreading their bets widely um, as to uh, how to retain and leverage the audience they have. So is advertising the main business opportunity with, with, your, with your technology here for, for a broadcaster or, or a cable provider? So in terms of uh, the immediate revenue, it is uh, advertising. So the range of uh, creative opportunities um, that today working with our broadcast partners allow broadcasts to sell a six or seven pictures campaign on TV as sort of TV plus plus proposition where they will sell um, you know, to Kraft or Amex or Samsung or whoever an ad on TV, but there's a synchronized ad that appears at the same time in VBOX. And this is important because studies suggest that if people are second screening, in the same way that if you're checking your email in a meeting, you don't pay attention to the meeting, um, your brand retention, if you happen to be checking your email or tweeting while the show is on, is dramatically less than if you've just been watching TV. Unless the same visuals appear on your smartphone as appear on TV at roughly the same time, which is fascinating because it shows sort of brand imprinting from multiple screens at the same time. And so the value to advertise, I think, of being on the second screen is great. Well, you, um, you, you have a partnership uh, with HBO as well in the U.S. Um, correct. And so that's interesting because HBO here, you know, is a, is a premium cable network that there ha- that has no advertising, uh, at least not traditionally. So to what degree does that um, factor in for your partnership with HBO? So, I mean, there are always multiple parts to an organization. Some uh, seek straight monetization or new added opportunities or competitive advantages. And other parts, often the content part of the organization, looks at the creative opportunities. And I can't talk on behalf of HBO, obviously, but I would suggest that uh, they look to, in the same way they create web assets for shows, could they begin to uh, use Z-Box as a platform around their shows? And the fact that they didn't need to monetize it with advertising um, was, uh, wasn't was you know, a blocker to that. How can you convince me, Anthony, or any user out there, to use Z-Box rather than, say, Twitter or Facebook or some other second screen app that I might be using currently along with watching TV screen? How do you shift user behavior when the base is so large at some of these other social media companies already? That's a great question. I think the answer is going beyond just social. And I think people perceive second screening as being largely social and largely Twitter. But I think when you see particularly the upcoming range of shows that build the second screen, the audience participation into the show, either very actively or somewhat uh, more passively, um, I think people's eyes will open 
to uh, the fact that, firstly, you need to figure out what to watch on TV. And so to have a guide that shows you what's hot, what programs you can interact with, programs you can get feeds of content. I think one of the things we've learned is when people love shows, they love the experience before, during, and after the show has been on TV. So with Bbox, between our TV room and our news feed, you can follow shows and you can then use the app 24-7 to engage with your favorite shows. And when the show's about to air, you'll get an alert saying the show's now on. It will take you directly to the show. If you're watching video on demand or you're watching U.S. West Coast, Bbox will know that and will bring you the replay tweet to the original East Coast airing. So actually there's a vast amount more than that we're doing compared to merely looking at a sort of real-time uh, thread of chat around uh, an initial East Coast airing, and then there's nothing when the show's not on there. So clearly we need to help people understand that, and I think that will largely uh, come from A, uh, the product utility around shows, and B, as shows engage with the box and create synchronized interactive propositions, they will naturally say, go to destination X, Y, or Z to participate in the show. And you see that virtuous circle. And as we and others begin integrating those TV graphics playout systems and the audience participation goes back on screen, I think you'll see a huge surge in that second screening. So and I have to say, one of the big drivers there will be Facebook. Facebook are opening up a set of APIs to broadcasters that will enable Facebook posts to be fairly seamlessly pushed back onto the TV screen. I mean, you can do that today, of course, just copy and paste it into the, the graphics system, but this will become more seamless. And I think we'll find a lot of television, whether we like it or not, that have anything brilliant to inane posts plastered in the screen, but this will naturally lead to a new type of TV where the show sends people to a destination. And the destination will vary depending on the type of audience interaction. There have been a number of studies I've read, not that many at this point, I think, um, because I think the jury is still out to a certain degree on just how much people really want a second screen app, because I think there's certainly a, a fair amount of people who view TV as a passive activity. I just want to turn on the channel and watch. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want all this stuff that I have to be thinking about. And you know, if I want to, if I want to find out, you know, what movies Tom Cruise was in, like I'll just go to IMDb and find out. I, I don't need. Zbox to be pushing all this content on me. Is this simply a matter that there are certain audiences or certain shows that are more likely for this to work, or do you think that the the way that consumers view TV is changing, and uh, you know this idea of TV as purely a passive medium is going away? Both of those are true, and it's a fascinating observation. So firstly, I think people perceive, you know, there's just one audience. But, you know, we, we do a lot of audience research, quant and qual. Uh, we bring uh, TV lovers into the office and interview them three times a week, uh, groups of people, and, and base every product decision on people who actually watch TV. And so quickly we learn that there are multiple demographics. And the three key ones that jump out for us are, uh, firstly, TV mavens. These are people who love TV, but they don't want to talk about it. For them, social is of no interest, but it's all about clash management. How do I make sure that I can watch Downson while I record this and I definitely don't want to miss it? 
So for them, it's about program guide, remote records, scheduling, and not Twitter at all. Then there are the what we call the pop idols. And these are people who love big reality TV shows, exactly the shows that broadcasters are using today to drive audience back to live TV, MasterChef, The Voice. And they want to talk about the show with other fans of the show, not with their friends, but with fans of the show. And then there are the social watchers who will watch things like uh, uh, Jersey Shore and so on. And it's a smaller number of people, but they're very vociferous, um, very social, and it's with their friends. And they may be using any friends from Twitter, Facebook, or increasingly WhatsApp to have private conversations around their shows. Um, but the different audiences. But so- I think what's happening is... Um, as broadcasts again begin to get involved, you know, again, round one was uh, second screen companies made things and they didn't really connect with the show. But as they begin connecting with the show, I think this behavior will become reinforced. So the pretty uh, granular assessment of different species of TV viewers is very interesting. Um, clearly, the broadcasters, the TV companies have picked up on this and are, are trying to ride that wave or at least not get left behind. Who else are you guys talking to? Are there, should we look out for Fox or, or CBS or uh, these other guys that who may want to partner with you? Um, well, actually, very interestingly. So um, we, we have a, uh, a project called Z-Box Unboxed where we take key parts of Z-Box and we make them available to partners to embed in their sites. And uh, you just happened to mention Discovery, that with Discovery Fast and Loud, you can participate with the show on the Discovery website or in Z-Box. And it's a mobile responsive sign and so on as well. So one of the interesting points is those synchronized propositions that are enabled by our platform can be delivered not just inside the Z-Box app, but actually into uh, other apps, into Discovery sites, and increasingly in future onto the TV show itself. And ditto with Fox, with MasterChef Junior, which you can watch tomorrow night um, on the Fox site or in Zbox, uh, enhanced. Um, so Zbox becomes a hub for a range of these experiences, which may uh, be played out uh, in Zbox and or in third-party destinations. So that doesn't require any special partnership. Any 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 programmer can come along and just make use of parts of your platform, as you described it. Yeah, we would. Uh, I think the. Uh, the answer is absolutely yes. Do you have any statistics you can share with us at this point about how many people are using ZBox? We release uh, figures periodically. We like to clear them with our partners first. Uh, we all talk about big data and the importance of that, so I'm not going to announce any here because I'm always out of sync and we'll have the wrong numbers. Has there been significant growth? There's been excellent growth. Uh, ZBox is growing very nicely. Um, we're in U.S., we're in U.K., and we're in Australia. And actually, one of the interesting things is the audience is slightly different in different territories. So again, we should be careful sometimes to think about uh, always uh, something being the case. Perhaps it's like saying, uh, you know, you, when people talk about uh, second screen interrupting the TV show, perhaps it's like saying your mobile phone will interrupt dinner or you don't use it during the use it other times. And in Australia, for example, the TV guide feature is a significant part of Zbox, whereas in the US, it's used a much more social. So things differ widely, and it's fascinating between different countries. Great. Anthony, thanks very much for joining us, and uh, we will uh, advise our listeners out there to check out Zbox. 
Thank you very much. And I think we look forward to a fascinating evolution of the next stage in television, which will be some brilliant programming and some rather strange programming. <laughs> That's right. Thanks a lot, Anthony. Anthony Rose, co-founder and CTO of ZBox. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. You've been listening to the Inside Scoop, the Bloomberg Media Podcast.